Welcome to my Full Life and Faith Leaps podcast with me, Tiffany Jo Baker, where we help you experience God's power and rest in your purpose and progress as you move forward step-by-step in all the things God has called and created you to do at home and around the world. Hello, y'all, and welcome back to my Full Life and Faith Leaps with me, Tiffany Jo Baker. And today we are going to talk about a topic that I have not addressed before. And my friend Amberly Niece is here to just bring some light into and some revelation on all of the questions that Jesus asked while he was walking on the earth. And Amberly, thank you so much for joining me here today. Absolutely. I love this podcast and I'm so excited to play in the sandbox today. Yay. Well, we love to play. We love to um, be real and um, and share the goodness of God, the hard places, and just what we as multifaceted women who love Jesus, what we learn in the process. So I'm so excited to just like mine your your mind and Uh pull out the nuggets that you found as you've been studying all of the questions that Jesus asked in the Bible. But before we do that, let me, if you don't know Amberly Niece, let me tell you a little bit about her. She is a popular speaker. She's a, is a regular part of two national tours. She is a Bible study writer, devotional writer, a comedian, y'all. Now y'all know I love humor and I, I love to be funny and I would love to call myself a comedian, but I cannot do that. But she can, y'all. That is so awesome. Uh, she's also a professor, a speaker coach, and just an all-around encourager. And so I'm so excited to talk about her latest book and project, which is Untangling Faith, where she dives into and explores the questions of Jesus. And so we're going to dive in on Absolutely. that topic. And so as I was looking at all of your stuff and your book, it talked about that Jesus in the New Testament asked over 300 questions. Which sounds like toddlers for those who have small children. That's right. In in one afternoon, a child can ask exactly 300 questions. But I think we we certainly know that Jesus is the answer, but we often, at least I do, um, think of the profound things that the answers that Jesus gave when really, when we do a deep dive, there are over 300 questions that he asked and really only two questions that he directly answered. So questioning was a delightful teaching strategy that Jesus employed uh, to get his people thinking and to get the religious leaders thinking. And uh, and I think it's so underutilized in the church. I think many of us were, were sold the bill of goods that, no, 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 good Christian girls don't ask questions. When I'm like, you know what, if I want to be like Jesus, he has questions. So sign me up for that. And so I I was so... I was so excited to do this, uh, this particular project. That is so, so fascinating that he only fully answered two of the questions that he asked. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, I can giggle about this now, but when my kids were little, I'm going back to this, but the kids would say, I'm hungry. And I would say, have I ever starved you? Have you ever gone without food? And it was my kind of maybe um, polite way of saying, you're driving me crazy. 
but I just want you to think this through and, um, and on a much more grand and much more loving and much more patient level, God continues to do that. So I have a ton of friends who are deconstructing their faith, people I'm crazy about, and that's super hard. And I know that I'm one of those people that wanted to have tools to kind of equip myself with. Um, and instead of memorizing 894 verses that I could, you know, uh, throw at them uh, at various times, the word, the word is good and it will not return void. I actually found great hope in the fact that Jesus asked these incredible questions and invited people into a journey of reconstructing um, their faith. And so, uh, and so that's, that's how this whole study was born. And I went to Bible college, I have a master's degree from Bible college. This was, I mean, talk about like mining my brain. I don't know how much I have left because so much of it was uh, investing in, in diving into these questions. So I'm thrilled, 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 thrilled that I hopefully can um, hand some of these uh, great tools so that the the people who are listening have some arrows in their quiver to um, really get to the heart of of what people are needing these days. That's so good. Um, you know, I was thinking about what, what would Jesus, the intent of Jesus for asking all these questions and what in, as we live today, like what are the purpose of questions and how do we use them? And you mentioned, you know, good girls don't question. And some of us have been raised in families where it's like, don't question me. But yet Jesus came as like the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, like the highest ruler reign and fully God, fully man. And he was all about questions. Yeah. I love it. I super love it. And, and, and you mentioned bringing people into this learning space and this growing space and um, what he did with those questions. I, I think he's a genius. (laughs) genius. Absolutely. I mean, master teacher, master thinker, uh, and, and a safe place for people to process. And when I did my first Bible study, I figured out like in my research, I found out that the word hospital uh, comes like not from um, like people getting well, but actually safe places, these places that Christians would set up in the most dangerous of places on the journey. So they would kind of set up these like safe houses uh, that Christians could go to when they just were struggling. And maybe they got medical care, maybe they got some soup, uh, but mostly they just got a safe place to kind of regroup. And that's where that same word is where we get hospitality. And so sometimes, even if you're not opening your home, even if you're just opening your heart and your time and your schedule, and you're saying to a friend, man, I know this, you're, this is a rough journey. I just, I want to be a safe place for you. And, and I'd love to, you know, kind of unpack some of these questions with you. And that's so freeing that we don't have to have all the answers. No, 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 no. And I love it. I was with a group of of friends this weekend at a writer's conference. And one of them, when we would ask her a question, she would respond, this is where I'm at today. And I thought, what a powerful way to answer a question because we're all in growth. We answer and are based on what we know today and what we have. And I love that. God willing, next year, my answer will be different. Right. Absolutely. Because he who began a good work in us is going to be faithful to complete yes. it. Right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I'm, I may steal that in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay, I stole it myself too. <laughs> I just put it on the podcast. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good. This is where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, I would love to know what are a couple of your favorite questions that Jesus asked and, and why would they be your favorite? Um, that's so great. And this is where I am today. Uh, these are the ones that are, that are popping up today. One comes actually is in two of the gospels when Jesus is talking to the demon possessed pigs. I know you're like, wow, Amberly, thanks for, thanks for starting us off. With a little, little yeah, exactly. But he asked, what is your name? Jesus asked the demon, what is your name? And I do believe, uh, that that is such a powerful question, um, to, to, to the, to the pigs, but also, uh, I'm obviously to the demons and the pigs, but, um, but to you and to me, you know, what is your name? I mean, obviously I've named Amberly, Tiffany Joe, awesome name. I super love it. It sounds like it should be a lead character on a book. Amberly sounds like something you would take medication for, just get a little cream and it'll clear up in days, but that's not what I'm talking about. He says, what is your name? Meaning, who are you? Who, whose are you? And I think um, oftentimes when I, my, my spiritual front and alignment is wonky, it is because I forget who I am. Not like um, I'm 53. So sometimes I do forget who I am. That's a totally different thing. But I mean, like kind of the spiritual amnesia of I'm a child of God and therefore should act accordingly. I am loved by God and therefore should love others accordingly. I was served by the, the greatest of all when he died on the cross for me and I should serve likewise. And so when he says, what is your name? It kind of cleans my clock. Who yeah. are you, right? And I also love that he asks his disciples, Peter especially, well, who do you say that I am? Because that's another thing. We can, we've all read that story a thousand times. Um, we've even heard it in baptisms. You know, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. But I think it's such an encouragement that it's such a personal invitation for us to not only know God personally, but also to... Uh, <laughs> To be able to, to just like the process we were talking about earlier, to really dive into what that looks like. Because in some seasons, man, when I was a, when I, when we were struggling with infertility, I wanted, I was appealing to Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Mostly we think of that when it's like, I want a house or I want a car or I want a, a boyfriend or whatever the thing is. But for me, it was, we wanted a child. And he would say to me, Amberly, well, who do you say that I am? Don't I, just like the, the thing I said with my kids. Have I ever let you start? No. Don't you know who I am? Who do you say that I am? So um, whether it was infertility or the loss of my father or a job loss or whatever, when tough stuff comes, we can put on our cute little Christian face and say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. But do you believe it when, it, when this stuff gets tough? And that's another one. So I'm sharing both my favorite and the, the hardest for me. Like they are... They are jagged pills for me to swallow and yet so good to think through. Well, I think those are like the core. If we know who we are and we know who he is, right? there's that kind of, I think that solves almost everything. We can, Absolutely. we can weather the storm. We can make decisions, the right decisions, the best decisions. Yes. We can get up in the morning and get out of bed when it's yeah. hard. Yeah. We can lay things at his feet because we trust him. Right. We can make healthy decisions for ourselves because yeah. we know whose we are. So if we can answer those two questions, the others will just kind of fall in place. You I 100% agree with you, but here's what's amazing. There are 
298 more questions that Jesus asked that are equally compelling for us to figure out the tough stuff of life, to, to navigate the, the tumult and the, and the crazy and the chaos. Um, but how loving that he would not, um, slam the answer on us, but allow us gently to, to woo us, to discover the answers for ourselves. And so I don't hear, well, who do you say that I am? No, I, I hear, oh, sweet child. Yes. You've heard all the, you've heard what others have said. Now I want to know this personal invitation. And so I think you're right. I think we have to embrace who God is and who we are in him. Woo. There's a, there's a whole bunch of choices I would make different. I would uh, differently. I would probably stop living like a child of hometown buffet and live like a child of God, right. And feast on his word. Right. And so I think that, I think that's true. And I, I so appreciate that. Yeah. I'm, I'm reminded of there's been times and, you know, our girls are, um, eight, just about to be 18 and 20. And I, you know, there's been times in our parenting that our question would be when they, our response would be because we're bakers, you know, my last name is Baker Yeah, and bakers do this or bakers do that. And in Jesus question of who do you say that I am? He's, he's bringing that, that kingdom family into it. That you are a child of God. And so because of that, all of this that I I have for you. Yeah. All of that. I mean, it's just so all encompassing. It is so good. I so love that. Yeah. So we, our neighbor, our pastor and neighbor, when we were in California, used to say every day they'd send their kids out with, you guys are colas. You know what that means. Now go and do that. And, uh, I thought that that was so brilliant because they had talked through what that meant to yes, the, core the, the, values of the family, the core values of the family. Yep. They, they'd watched mom and dad model what that looked like. And, um, and I think that's fantastic. Some of us didn't have that model. And so we're still having to navigate and that's, you know, the, that's where I'm at. Uh, well, and, yes. <laughs> and that's, it's a good, that's a good place to be at all these years of faith. And I'm still, it's like brand new material. It's so cool how the Holy spirit can do that. It is. And this is where the Baker family is today. Yeah. This exactly. is where we are today. Yes. And, that's where the Baker family is today for today. Sure. By the way, I'm going to ask, I know you're supposed to do the interview. However, um, I have found that even though my kids are doing well, they're not off the rails of the crazy train or anything, that this time of parenting, so our daughter turned 22 yesterday and our son is 19. I think this has been the hardest season of of parenting ever. I think it was easier than when I had no sleep and I was wiping their behinds 900 times a day because it, I, at least I felt like I had some modicum of control. Yes. But that train them up in the way they should go, man, that go verb is legit right now in this season. Are you are you feeling yeah, the same? A hundred percent. I mean, because we're at, you know, 16, 15 on, it's like your decisions are life decisions. Yeah. They're not just momentary, like it's life decisions. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Big, yeah. Oh, big deal. Big. It's stuff. not a, it's not just a, do you want the chicken nuggets or the Southwest salad from Chick-fil-A? It's yes. going places you may meet your future spouse yes. or, you know, pursuing a career that might, you know, uh, really God may use to, to bring people to himself. I mean, they're huge, huge things. So I'm with you, sister. I've actually thought about writing that book because I just have a lot of moms in my life that are like, man, this is, talk about a hospital. We need a place where we can all get together and say, this is hard. This is really hard. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. 
Well, I kind of want to just end this time. I know it's gone by so fast, but just talking a little bit about Untangling Faith, your book that explores the questions Jesus asked. What does it mean to untangle faith mm. and the purpose of, of, your, of the study that you did? Yeah. So first of all, uh, Untangling Faith, that, that uh, title actually came from our friend Kathy Lipp. Um, I was talking things through with her. Um, actually, the story, I'll, I'll make it super quick, but the story was the Lord kept compelling me to write this book. And I was literally like, I have no publisher. I, I mean, the publisher I was working with had kind of turned down the lights on the company. I had no publisher. Every turn that I, like, I talked to um, people who are literary agents and they kept saying to me, your stuff is great. I think this is a message that needs to get out there. You're just not enough. I mean, that's not really what they said, but that's what I heard. Your numbers are not enough. Your followers are not enough. You don't sell enough books. Now, mind you, all my books had come out during COVID. So I felt like I was rocking it because I sold more than just to my mother and my aunt Jolyn. I mean, this was a big deal. And, but I just kept hearing the not enoughs. And so when the Lord kept, you know, pushing me to write this book, I remember saying to him, like, there's, there are no clouds in the sky. Why are you asking me to build the ark? Like, that's what it felt like to me. It felt like so foolish. I finally acquiesced. And I wish I could say I did it like lovingly and gracefully, like, oh my gosh, I love God and I'm going to do whatever he says. But instead I was like, okay, God, fine. I was like a seventh grade girl. I'm fine. Okay. I will do it um, under duress. And I started the process, worked with a pilot group. And I just kept sending them a chapter and they would send me feedback. I was two weeks between chapters. I get to chapter five. I'm about halfway through chapter five and it's cleaning my clock. As I do this, I'm thinking if this never goes anywhere, if it's only for me, Lord, thank you. It was worth it. This is so good. And I get a call from my publisher and they're turning the lights back on and they wanted to know if I was working on something. And I was like, are you kidding me? And so that's how it happened. It was actually the untangling of my own faith. I mean, yes, I've been a Christian a long time. I tell people, thousands of people every year about Jesus. And yet I was having my own faith crisis. Like, are you good? Are you God? Do you, do you work all things for good? Uh, and so working through that process, it's a six week study. And every week tackles like one of the big faith questions, the character of God and um, what what our purpose is, all those kind of things, those big honking faith questions that probably all of us have uh, posed before, but also those of us in Christ for a while have also helped other people kind of navigate those waters. And so each of the weeks is that, and every day is a different question that Jesus asked in the New Testament uh, that pertains to that particular big question. And so, yes, there are personal stories for me. Yes, some of them are dorky. Actually, most of them are dorky because I wrote them. They're dorky. They're, they're, I mean, I share my heart um, and I share my dorkiness. But the beautiful thing is that in all of it, um, I get to, on a very small level, kind of Sherpa people through a journey that the Lord took me through uh, himself. And so I am stoked about it. It comes out April 18th. I'm doing a Bible study. If anybody pre-orders and sends me their receipt to amberleenisebooking.com, uh, I am, uh, oh, I'm sorry, amberleenisebooking at gmail.com. That's, that's, see again, there it is. Uh, then I, they're a part of my online Bible study. I'm doing a free online Bible study for everybody who pre-orders, but mostly I'm just excited to dive into it again. Not because I wrote it, but because it was so of the Lord, I can't even see straight. Well, and the way he does it is that same question at a different time is going to bring different revelation. And, oh, and yeah. so do you want to get well is a question today that cleans my clock that cleans my clock yesterday. I mean, 
They're just rich, delightful questions. Jesus is so. Oh my so goodness. Good. Do you want to get well? That could go a million ways. I know it. I, tell me. But today, for yeah. today, where I'm at today is, yeah, exactly. I love yeah. it. So good. All right. So I know people are going to want to find you and find out more about what you're doing, where you're at, where you're speaking. What's the best way to find you online? They can go to amberlynice.com. Uh, that is, I didn't, I didn't put a pull a muscle on the, um, on the creativity on that one, but it's amberlynice.com and they can make connections. Also Amazon, Cokesbury, uh, christianbook.com, Barnes and Noble. They can, they can certainly get to the book, but I'd also love to hear their stories. Uh, if they choose to do a study with some friends, hey, email me and I'd love to zoom in and say hello. I'd love to high five in Jesus name. Uh, anybody who's t- who's doing that, but also just um, to stay, you know, I, I do a monthly newsletter. I do all that kind of stuff, um, but mostly I just want to serve them well. So if there's a way that I can serve them well, a prayer that I can offer up uh, for them or a, um, an insight, um, I'd love to I'd love to be able to to help with that for sure. So good. So good. Amberly, thank you so much for jumping on here and just talking with us. Why don't you live closer? That's what I want to know. It's my one question. Come on. Well, and you're in Arizona with all of my cacti. Yeah. I'm so jealous. (laughs) We came once for spring break and did the desert garden. Oh yeah. The desert botanical garden. Come on. Amazing. Uh, yeah. I was okay. like, take my picture here. Take my picture here. Okay, so here. Uh, so recently, because I, the, where I live is up in the mountains and there was a tourist that came by and we were, I was sitting at a coffee shop with a friend and I could tell she was by herself. And I just said, um, you know, I, I said, hello. And she said, you know, I have a question for you. Do you guys live around here? So he said, yeah. And she says, man, I don't get all this cactus thing. Like, it's just, they're so ugly. They're so whatever. And I said, you know, I I can see that if you compare it to, you know, this a, a, a blooming whatever, I can see that. But here's the deal. Every single one of them is a story of survival. And so if all you do is look at them and say, this had the resilience to weather extremes and come out beautiful. I'm like, sign me up for that. May, may the same be said about me someday that man, she with the great by the grace of God, she weathered the storms and she bloomed. Anyway, yes. That's right. Yes. I, I, have, I have a message about cactus that God gave me all these downloads about it because every cactus is able to bloom, but it has to be under the right conditions. So we could so that whole thing like someone it's it bears its fruit in season. That's the deal, right? In yeah. season, it does yeah. the blooming. But you have to be under the right conditions. So not mm. everyone will unless they are under the right conditions. So. Well, I did grow up in Arizona for the most part. So I don't, I do know how to survive using cacti. Just so you know, if you ever, Tiffany Joe, if you ever want to call your friend Amberly, I would love to unpack that with you because I have so much useless information. I love, oh, I love that. I love that. I had my first cactus fries when I was in Arizona. Oh yeah. Good stuff. Right. Good stuff. Like a prickly pear sauce. It was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me. Oh. Well, thank you, Amberly, so much for joining us. And y'all, thank you for listening here at My Full Life and Faith Believes podcast. And we'll see y'all next time. Well, friends, thank you for joining us today on My Full Life and Faith Leaps podcast. If you enjoyed our time together and are taking away a nugget that has inspired your soul and success, would you share this episode with a loved one who could use it too? And if you haven't already, take a moment to rate and review this podcast and help me help others fuel and fulfill their faith journeys. 
Until next time, I'm Tiffany Jo Baker, a three-time surrogate, speaker, and strategizer who loves to help you birth your God-given dreams at home and around the world. Now go do all the things God has called and created you to do with the grace and gifts God has given you.